USC fires Clay Helton. Who are the coaching candidates to replace Clay Helton? What will it take to win back the USC fan base? How does the Clay Helton firing affect recruiting? And how does the Helton firing affect this week's game against Washington State? Plus, our weekly roundtable Pac-12 predictions. Hi, everybody. My name is Greg Katz, and welcome to the Inside the Trojans Huddle, week number three. We're in the pregame show, which means we meet our panelists. So first of all, let's welcome Mark Culkin. Mark is a WRSC columnist who writes the Monday Morass, Kearney, the Dude List, and Sunday Takeaways in addition to practice reports. We have Chris Arledge, former William Jewell College DB and team captain, and we RSC columnist who writes the very popular column, Musings Village. Eric McKenney, publisher and editor-in-chief of WeRSC.com, and myself, Greg Katz, the obvious and not so obvious, uh, and I am HO Sunday. So without any further ado, let's get to the first quarter. Here are the thoughts. The big story of the day, of course, the firing of Clay Helton. So let's ask our, our, our uh, panel here what they think. Uh, overall view, guys, uh, Mark, please start us off. Uh, I don't know if shock is the right word. I think we all anticipated, by the way. Hi, welcome. Um, interesting Monday news drop. Uh, Clay Hilton's gone. So I think right now, I think we all anticipated it happening. I don't know if we anticipated it happening after the second game. So it's just kind of a catch your breath. And, you know, we, we know that Dante Williams has been named the interim head coach for the time being. Uh, which, by the way, is interesting. Uh, this is USC's first black head coach of any kind on the football level. So um, I guess that's where I'm at right now. Uh, I knew it was coming. Now it's time to kind of digest it and uh, see where we go from here. Well, let's let's go right to the top for WeRSC.com. Eric McKinney, your thoughts, please. Yeah, I'm uh, again, th this was always a when, not if situation uh, in, in terms of would Clay Helton be, you know, the, the USC head coach in, in 2022. Um, and so the, the thought was, yeah, it, at some point between now and, and the calendar flip, you're more than likely going to be looking uh, for a new head coach. I, you know, I, I think this is a very strong statement from Mike Bone to do this after game two and, and clearly to come into the season with this as the plan, with, with the plan being, hey, if there's an early stumble, we're going right then and, and we're making that move. This has not been uh, an athletic department, a, a specifically football athletic department that has made quick, decisive, strong moves over the last, I don't, how many years do you, do you want to go back? Uh, and, and so I think that is a, is a positive from this where, where yes, we're making a move. We've got Dante Williams in place. No, that's probably not, you know, your, your long, long-term answer, but I'm with Mark. If, if you want to see anybody do that, it's Dante. I think he has a chance to really kind of, you know, as much as you can galvanize a team coming off that kind of performance and changing a head coach at, at this point, I'm excited to see, to see what Dante Williams can do. Uh, given a chance here for the rest of the season. So, again, it, it was always a, a when, not if. We got our answer uh, on Monday, and, and now time to to turn the page and, and look forward. Chris, how do you feel about it? Well, you know how I feel about it. Um, let me say first that um, 
you feel guilty crowing about such a thing. Uh, Clay Helton is, uh, I think, probably a genuinely decent person who is having the worst day of his professional life today. Probably helps that he has $20 million in the bank, but still, uh, that's a tough that's a tough thing. But look, the reality is this should have happened a long time ago. It had to happen. The program was floundering. It wasn't going to get any better. To say that Clay Helton was in over his head is, uh, is an understatement. He was standing at the bottom of the Marianas Trench, and there was no hope. So for anybody who loves USC football, this is a very good day. And even the players who love Clay Helton, it's a good day for them, too. Because now we have a chance to actually put somebody in place who can help develop them, who can help prepare them, who can give them the careers that they wanted to have when they showed up at USC instead of the nonsense that we've seen so often, including last Saturday night. So this is a very, very good day for USC football and a very bad day for the rest of the Pac-12, I think. Well, I'm going to chime in and say it was a long time in coming. It should have happened after the Holiday Bowl disaster against Iowa. Uh, the reasons for Carol Folt continuing to support Helton. I understand he's a great guy. He is a good guy. He was always very cordial with all of the media. Uh, I think Mike Bone was taking marching orders from her. I don't think he decided to be the AD at USC with the idea that he would not be hiring a new football coach. Um, I think that uh Helton was the right person at the right time when he was named the interim coach, in my opinion. Uh, he was not the long-term fix. He proved that. Um, I knew that his days were numbered. Uh, whenever Bill Plaschke writes something for the LA Times and says, you need to be removed immediately, uh, I think part of it is his opinion. Part of it is he's getting this from the very top of USC. I have no doubt about it. Uh, I think that um, when you have the LA Times, you have the local media on television, everybody's in arms about it. What should have taken place a long time ago finally took place. And I couldn't agree more with you, Chris. Everything you said was spot on. In fact, all of you, uh, there's nothing to say that uh, I disagreed with anything. Uh, it's a new day. It's a new beginning. But I think personally, firing Clay Hilton was the easiest part of the task. Because it was a matter of uh, not if, but when. Okay, it happened after the Stanford loss. Uh, it was a convincing loss. It was a convincing disgrace, embarrassment, call it what you want. But now we have to turn to where are we going in the future? So with that in mind, we go to the second quarter, which asks the question to all of you, who are the candidates in your mind that you think are legitimate? and who you would like to see as the considered strongly for the next USC football head coach. We'll go in reverse order a little bit. So Chris, why don't you start us off? Well, look, uh, a lot of us a couple of years ago were thinking that Urban Meyer was the right guy at the right time. And had they hired Urban, USC would be in the playoff just about every year. Um, that ship has sailed. But I think there's some good candidates out there. Chris Peterson is a promising candidate. I don't know if Peterson wants to coach again. Uh, but he clearly wants to work. He's sitting in the studio right now. He's a guy who knows Southern California recruiting very well. Uh, he is an excellent football coach uh, based on both of his uh, stints at Boise State and Washington. Uh, and he's a guy who you could hire without waiting till the end of the season. 
Uh, doesn't mean he would coach this year, but you could hire him. You could announce him. He could start to recruit and do other things. Uh, so I, I think he's got to be uh, one of the top candidates. The other two obvious ones, Luke Fickle, who uh, Mike Bone has a relationship with and who's done a really good job at Cincinnati, uh, is, uh, is a very plausible candidate, maybe the most likely candidate. Uh, and, uh, and Campbell at, um, at Iowa State, uh, who has done a really spectacular job at a place that is very difficult to win at. There's no recruiting base, no tradition. Uh, and he's not only won quite a lot there, but he's had a number of upsets against teams with a lot more talent than he has. Uh, he's a guy who, um, uh, who recruits well. When you can't recruit superstars, he finds guys with talent that are under the radar and develops them. I think those are my three top candidates if I'm the, uh, if I'm the athletic director. Okay, Eric, you're in the middle, so you reverse order, you stay in the same spot, but what's your thoughts? Uh, and, and Chris, all three of those guys in our sort of preliminary hot board uh, that we put out, Fickle, Fickle's the no-brainer, um, the pro, you know, most likely the first call, uh, or, or at least kind of the, the first feelers that USC puts out. Uh, the connection there between Mike Bone, who hired him at Cincinnati. There is the the Urban Meyer sort of hockey assist connection where Fickle worked for for him at Ohio State, too. Uh, and, and Campbell, yeah, so th those, I think, are the two names uh, in college football you're going to hear the most. The one for me, uh, Eric Bieniemy with, with the Kansas City Chiefs. He has experience uh, coaching in, in the Pac-12 footprint. He's a Southern California guy, coached at UCLA. Uh, offensive coordinator at, at Colorado, uh, and, and I just the offense that he helps run at Kansas State or sorry at, at Kansas City with the Chiefs right now. Uh, what he would be able to do bringing in that offense and, and what he'd be able to do recruiting, uh, hitting the ground running and and kind of a, a big name still in Southern California. I, I you know you don't have the box checked where he's been a, a head coach and specifically a, a college head coach before, uh, and and we'll see kind of how that plays and and how big that box is uh, as Mike Bone goes through this process and and looks for candidates. But boy, there's a lot to like I think about about Eric Bieniemy again. Uh, I, I think those two that, that Chris mentioned uh, right off the top, uh, Fickle and and Campbell, probably probably the two highest priority, I guess, going into this thing. Again, preliminary names that were thrown out. Okay, Mark, what's your thoughts? Yeah, uh, you know, you guys are throwing out all the all the top names, so I'm just going to have to kind of piggyback off of Eric. You, you took Eric Bieniemy, who I guess if you're going to the NFL, that's probably your first choice you want to go with. Um, you see what he does with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think USC has somebody on their roster who has similar traits that he could probably game plan with going forward. Um, obviously there's the, you know, I mentioned earlier, there's the black head coach angle as well um, that, that could play in here. Um, the other issue I have though, is, you know, USC has rolled the dice with young up and comers. You know, we, we saw the Lane Kiffin experiment. We then really rolled the dice with Steve Sarkeesian. Um, I think USC, the fan base might want somebody who has, experience as a college head coach or at least a NFL head coach um, just because of what we've been what they've been through so I, I think right now Chris Peterson is probably at the top of the list and then as well as the other names that you guys have previously mentioned PJ Fleck um, you know are they gonna reach out to him uh, you know we talked offline you know is Mario Cristobal a candidate um, 
you know, there's all that stuff that goes on behind the scenes. So again, there's there's plenty of names out there. Um, I think the the top list have, we, we've all talked about now. So, Greg, do you have any any other names that we haven't spoken of? Well, you've left out Bob Stoops. Well, and I think Bob Stoops, if they're willing to open up the checkbook, would be a serious candidate. The question is, would they pay his assistance? What he thinks assistance should be paid. So let me let me go down the list that you guys have all done. I think they're a wonderful list, and I'm going to support puncture whatever you want to call it. Yes, Luke Fickle is the logical choice, but does he want to live on the West Coast? Okay, he's going into a new conference, the Big Twelve. So there's a little added to sugar there for him. Um, the fact of the matter is, yes, he knows Bone, and we that's. Per, Pretty much a, a poorly kept secret. So I assume he's probably in the mix. They'll find, he'll, I'm sure Bone will contact him directly or his agent, whatever they do. Uh, Stoops, I've already mentioned. I think he's a, a real possibility. Campbell is a real possibility. Um, uh, to me, uh, enemy is a real, real possibility because SC traditionally has been good at minority hiring. Uh, it would not shock me one bit if you saw Eric Bieniemy become the head coach and Dante Williams become the defensive coordinator. Uh, that to me is like screaming in my face as a possibility. Uh, one note here as I continue on this, the, there, my a source told me the meeting on, the, uh, on Helton was held this morning. Uh, it was very quiet uh, in the John McKay Center and that's when the decision was finalized. Um, in terms of Chris Peterson, he's the one that if you said cats make a choice, he checks every box. And I think uh, Chris alluded to it. Isn't there kind of a coincidence that got coaches that kind of burn out or call it what you want, begin the rehabilitation process to get back into coaching by being on television, urban Meyer, Mac Brown, um, Chris Peterson, I don't know if you guys got a chance or our, our viewers got a chance to listen to Peterson uh, prior to the USC Stanford kickoff, uh, but he was really nailing it on what SC is. Great skill players. They, they're not like the SC of the past. They don't have, uh, you know, the, the roster looks different. I mean, he definitely was new, knows it. What I understand is whether Chris Peterson's wife wants to live in Los Angeles. That seems to be the the rumor, I would think that if you add enough zeros to the bank account and uh, had a nice uh, view of the Santa Monica, uh, you know, pier and the ocean and maybe Malibu, throw that in there, is it, that you could adjust to uh, living there. I think he would be the perfect person. And going back to, I think, that with some of the things we said, you know, I don't think SC fans are in the mood <laughs> to go with, quote, an apprentice. I think they've already been through that so many times. I don't think they want to Pete Carroll, you know, coaching tree candidate. I think they want somebody who knows what they're doing and has proven to know what they're doing. That comes from a winning background and knows what they're doing. I don't see Mario Cristobal coming. I think the timing just doesn't work out for me. Uh, you know, the big victory over Ohio State, uh, you know, I think Phil Knight would probably hand over all of Nike to uh, Cristobal at this point if he had a chance. But I think all the candidates we've all mentioned are, are real possibilities. I hope they go with the proven product. I hope we don't come on this show, you know, within time and go, why did they hire that person? 
they can't afford it, which takes us into music, please. Halftime. So halftime asks this question, okay? Can USC win back the fan base? And how important is it to hire the right guy to win that fan base back? And what are some of the measures they're going to have to take to get the credibility back? So, uh, Mark, or we'll start with Eric. Eric, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I've, I've always said when USC is not doing well in the Pac-12, when they're not winning, you know, conference championships or, or when Oregon is kind of on the run right now, it, it has so much more to do with what USC is not doing than with what the other programs are, are doing. USC always, you know, can, can tip the scale to its favor by making good decisions. So, yeah, the, the fans are one coaching hire away from from coming back uh this season it could get interesting you know now now all of a sudden uh you've got that oregon state game at 7 30 at night in, in a couple weeks and that could be uh you know pretty empty in, in the coliseum but no you you can make the right hire and again i, I think mike bone shows that they're serious about doing this um as soon as he had a chance this season he jumped on it and, and did it um, when he talks about, hey, we're going to do a national search, we're going to go out and, and get the best guy uh, for this job. I, I think he's serious about that. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I guess you you trust that it. That you, I guess at this point you're hoping that it's going to happen. I mean, based on all the previous decisions and, and kind of the the string of coaches who have come in, boy, it's been a long time uh, since anybody said, yeah, you know, you nailed it, but. Uh, the, the, the coaches that came in on the defensive side of the ball, I think when they were coming in, you, you checked off. Yeah, that looks good. That looks good. The good. That looks good. Uh, if that kind of continues uh, and, you, and you can make that call there at, at head coach. No, I, I think the, the fans in L.A. like a winner. They, they like a, a fun team, a fun program. And, and that comes from winning. I don't think you have to be, you know, showy and, and that kind of stuff. Um, I, th I think USC is always just one one higher away from turning around and, and bringing, bringing fans and excitement and, and that passion back. Chris. Yeah. Eric's right. I mean, you hire the right guy, you win football games and the Coliseum will be filled and people will be excited and, and Hollywood stars will start coming to the games again. Uh, USC football is a draw, but USC football has to win. I mean, if the, if the Lakers are losing, then, uh, uh, then the Staples Center isn't full either. And, and for good reason. Because in L.A., we don't tolerate that. In L.A., we simply don't tolerate losing. And if you're going to lose, if you're going to be boring, then we'll stay away. Uh, not all of us. Some of us still, some of us still follow the team, uh, as painful as it gets sometimes. But um, if they hire the right person, then yes, we're back. And it's not going to take long, especially with the transfer portal. Uh, the way it is. You can restock in a hurry. All right, Mark, your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, both both Eric and Chris, they're, they're covering it. It's, you know, number one, LA, it's a fickle town. You, you have to win. Uh, and even when USC is winning, um, you know, back in the day, the Coliseum was never full, um, you know, unless it was a big game atmosphere. So the right coach can definitely do it. Uh, it's ironically enough, the biggest crowd inside the Coliseum these first two games has been the student section. So, you know, maybe the, the fans who have been staying away can take the lead from the, from the younger generation that's coming up because not only is that student section filling up, uh, they're filling up 
the overflow sections, and not just vertically, but horizontally as well. Uh, I think the first game back after Washington State will be interesting, regardless of the start time. Uh, I think it's new. So I, I think you're going to see a decent crowd. Obviously, a win up north will help. You know, heaven forbid they come home from the Palouse with a, with a loss. Uh, but yeah, I think the LA, you know, Chris touched on LA likes excitement. You know, they like winners. So something new is about to happen. It's a, you know, USC will create a premier type of event and, you know, with their hype videos or whatever. And I, I think that they can salvage the crowd this year. And as long as they win, people will continue to trickle back in. They got what they wanted. Helton's gone. So there's no more excuse to say we're not going as long as Helton's the coach. They have no more. Okay. Well, you know, my perspective on it is a lot like some of yours. Um, I think USC football is so big in Los Angeles next to the Dodgers, uh, next to the Lakers, that if they start to win, I I really do think for the Oregon state game, and I agree with Eric at seven 30, look, the focus is no longer on Helton. There is the word hope. There is hope. I think, Our fans, and I don't mind saying our fans, uh, they understand that those players play for USC. I believe they will back the team. I think they will get excited about the team. Look, COVID's going to have a little something to say about it, uh, you know, regardless. But I think that uh, the people will get behind this team. There'll be kind of a sense of a wounded duck. We got to help these guys out. Uh, their, Their attention will not be... So much, shall we say, on um, on Helton, he's gone. Although I will, I will say this: I think attention is, and we'll talk about this a little bit later. Going to focus on what Dante Williams is going to tell Graham Harrell, what he's going to do, and how that's going to change. Uh, there may not be a lot of change, and I don't want to get into this too much because we'll save it to the fourth quarter. But I think that the real issue with USC, aside from changing a coach. I can't overemphasize how important it is to unify the entire USC family. I'm talking about high roller boosters. I'm talking about all those support groups that they eliminated, uh, uh, Orange County Trojan Club, all these people that, that made USC such a unique situation. Can they bring all these people back based on a coaching change? I think it's not only that, they're going to have to show that they can rehabilitate, uh, patch up old angers, and that's not going to be easy. Okay, the, a lot of people got hurt in this in this last five six years. A lot of people, and can they win them back? Hopefully, a great coaching hire, not a good one, but a great one, will be a big first step in doing it. So, let's hope for the best. I think there's good good tidings in the future. But it's all going to rest, I do think, on the selection of the football coach. If they if they select a poor, poor coach or someone, they just go, are you kidding me? Then I don't see them recuperating from it. That's why it's so critical that they open up the pocketbook and so on and so forth. So let's head into the, four, uh, to the third quarter. All right. We know that Helton's gone. We know that there was a solid foundation beginning for recruiting. Uh, how does the Helton firing – affect recruiting this year and the following year. What do you think, Mark Culkin? I think it has zero effect. And because? 
you know, we've all touched on it. Clay is always going to be considered, you know, the gentleman, the nice guy, the father figure, someone who you would trust your own kid to be raised by. Um, but, you know, when you get past all that, all the platitudes, I, I think, you know, when you, when you talk to people behind the scenes, they recognize it was time for a change. So as long as you have the right assistant coaches in place who know how to recruit, and USC is still USC, you know, to, to borrow a little bit of Larry Smith, um, they're always going to be a draw. So, uh, yeah, I, I really, I think it's going to be minimal, if any. And again, it's happened so early uh, in the season, and there's still enough time to recover before early signing day. Um, yeah, minimal impact. Because the transfer portal is also available, as Chris talked about earlier. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, it's going to help. I mean, I don't know if it's going to help in the short term. It's obviously going to help in the long term. Uh, the top players want to go to a place where they're going to win and where they're going to be developed so they can become first-round draft choices. That's what they want. And, and I think a lot of people understand that Clay Helton was not going to deliver on those two things. Uh, and, and I think a Coliseum that was one third full and most of those people booing uh, was probably not going to help recruiting. The real question is how quickly are they going to move? If you hired Chris Peterson and announced it soon, which you could do in a way that you couldn't with Luke Fickle or, or Campbell, if you, if you announced him soon, I think you could, you could actually salvage some guys who are now looking at other parts of the country. Uh, I don't know whether they'll do that, but, but ultimately um, are you going to lose some guys? You might, but honestly, what difference does it make? <laughs> you have to do it. And over the long term, if you have a good football coach, you will recruit better than Clay Hilton did. It's just the way it is. All right, Eric, you were in charge of West Coast recruiting for ESPN at one time. So let's tap into your brain. What do you think? Yeah, it'll, it'll be a little bit of a, of a roller coaster kind of thing. And I think it all has to do with sort of periphery outside of, of Clay Helton. Um, they're able to recruit when, when he was installed as the head coach and, and was going to be there, you know, the next year players could buy in. It got to a certain point where they just got recruits didn't know. They didn't know if he was going to be the coach. They didn't know what was going to go on. And so they really connected with assistants. You've got, you know, Damani Jackson and, and Dante Williams kind of tied at the hip. Uh, Michael Williams and Vic Soto sort of tied at the hip. So Clay Helton being out puts a question mark with Dante and, and with Vic, again, talking about if a new coach comes in and decides, Hey, we're, you know, we're blowing everything up and I'm bringing everybody in. Uh, so again, you, you could lose some potential big time guys in this 2022 class. If assistants go out now, you could bring in a coach. You could keep those guys and lock in those, those recruits. Uh, you could go out and get a coach. You could lose those guys, bring in guys that connect with, with other recruits and your class ends up, you know, just as good or better. What Chris said is the point though, that this is a long-term thing that USC again is one of those, those programs, especially with the transfer portal, you can have a, a year where recruiting dips a little bit and then you bring in a bunch of portal guys because you made the right decision with a head coach. You sign a, a phenomenal class the next year of guys who can play early and get going. And now you're on a much better trajectory even though you, you speed bumped a little bit in one class because you changed the coach and, and assistants left and you got a late start on it. 
I think that early signing period brings into some a, a few questions just because again, if you do have to wait until early mid December to, to hire a coach, that's a real quick turnaround time. Um, if guys really do want to sign there in mid December. So I, I think in the, again, in the short term, you could see, you know, maybe some guys bounce in and out of this class and, and Hey, what's going on. And are we going to be able to, to have a, a really good 2022 class long run for the health of, of the USC program recruiting is going to be fine. You, again, this is all kind of depending on making the right hire, but USC, USC recruits fine. They, they, it's always going to be a, a place that you can recruit to uh, kind of no matter what you do with, with the coaches. But uh, no, I, I see this kind of ultimately the recruits finally being able to say, okay, I'm going to get a long-term answer coming up. I don't have to worry who's my head coach, who's my head coach. And that ultimately is a good thing for USC. All right. I'm going to say that it's the best thing that could ever happen to USC because SC was other than the blip on the, on the scale a couple of years ago. I think that I, in my mind have said, if they get the right coach in there, they won't be number seven or number eight or number 12 in the country. They're going to go right into the top five. I really believe that. I think the only thing that's prevented them from getting into the top five has been the idea of whether Helton is going to be there. He's not going to be there. Uh, look, they haven't won a, a conference title since 2017. Uh, you get the right coach in there early, like Chris said. Suppose it's Peterson. Look at Peterson, Biennemi, Stoops. They're not coaching a college team. They could get right in there, right to work. They're, they're big-time names. Um, I think of all the players that uh, SC has lost that have gone out of the area. Why are players going to Oregon? And by the way, it is not a, just a coincidence that Dante Williams is the associate head coach, even though that's what he was named. I think there is a little message being sent there since uh, Dante's a former Oregon duck and they're, and they're obviously on a big high coming off of the Ohio state win. So I think that uh, personally, that SC's recruiting is going to be this year is going to be outstanding if they name the right guy with plenty of time to go do it. It's about the timing. They can't wait to the last minute, but look at none of these kids have signed. I'm really, I'm really interested in seeing how players who say they're going already to somewhere else, uh, uh, what they're going to do. I don't know what Michael uh, Williams is going to do, uh, even though he, you know, he, he says he's going to be a Trojan again, you know, these assistant coaches don't even know where they're going to go. You know, they, they, there's no assurance that they're going to be a Trojan. How much are they going to put out uh, knowing they don't know who the head coach is and whether they're going to have a job that, that, but I will say this, you get the right coach in there. They, the players won't care who the assistant is for the, for the moment. I think if you get a Stoops or you get a, a Peterson or even if you, uh, you know, get a enemy, uh, they'll hire assistant coaches that will be uh, well-known and coaches that I think that won't hurt recruiting. I, I'm going to put my neck out on the line. I think they're going to have a sensational recruiting year uh, if, they, if the administration does it the right way. So uh, I think we all would agree uh, that it's an exciting time for recruiting, and SE's not going to get burned unless they do something really stupid which we hope doesn't happen. So 
Let's go to the fourth quarter. All right, we do have a game coming up, okay? We do have a game against Washington State on Saturday, 12.30 our time on Fox. So what is the what do you see the mood of the team is? What changes do you think will be? Your thoughts on Washington State, kind of kind of a buffet of, of, of questions here and answers. Uh, Mark, what, what, what do you think? Uh, you know, I'm not sure what the mood is of the team. I'll be able to answer that better tomorrow when I get to go to practice and, and talk to them and see them and see how they're reacting. Um, I'm going to hope that they're, uh, they're excited for the game. I, again, this, this, you're asking a question on something that, you know, we're still kind of digesting it. These guys found out, I would assume three or four hours ago that they have a new head coach. So I'm going to give them a chance to, to kind of digest it as well. You know, I've already alluded to it. You, going up there, winning is got to be number one because coming home, you, you know, I, I can't think of a tougher place to, to start as a, as an interim head coach or a head coach than on the road, regardless of where you're playing. So I think right now, I guess if I'm going to say what the mood is, it's circle the wagons and it's us versus the world. Your thoughts on Washington state. I didn't get to see what they did to Portland state. I, I saw the score. Um, they gave up 24 points. They scored 44. If I, if I saw your note correctly, um, I'm going to anticipate a balanced offense, more of the running game. That's been the strength, believe it or not. And, and hopefully the, uh, the passing game catches up. I, I, I'm going to be very coy. I'm going to play it close to the vest right now. I'm not sure what to expect with this team. I think I, I will say this. Uh, I, I think there's some eggshells going on. It's very tenuous after the game. A lot of the players weren't sure what their roles were because they're doing everything they're asked in practice. And then they're not seeing time on the field during the games. So now whatever questions they had, they have more questions. So that's why this is a really, for me, at least it's, it's a challenging question to answer without just, you know, blowing hot air. Chris. I'm happy to blow hot air, as you know. Um, <laughs> look, I think this takes all the pressure off in many respects. Um, there was this swirl of negativity around the program. It's been there for years. The players didn't know what was going to happen with Helton. I'm sure, um, and, and while I'm sure a lot of the players did like him personally, I suspect a lot of the players also understood that, that they were not getting what Alabama and other programs like that get from their head coach and their coaching staff. I think it takes the pressure off. I think you will see the fans rally behind the team. I, I think that uh, if you remember back to the Ed Orgeron days, um, I think you're going to see a similar effect. I think people are, I think the kids are going to play hard. I think the fans are going to be excited and, and, and will support them. Now that doesn't mean you can fix what's wrong with this team before, before Saturday, you still have Graham Harrell and his offense. I'd like to think that you won't, but if you fire him in midseason, I don't know who it is you're going to hire to replace him, and you don't have time to install the offense. Now, his offense was installed in two days. Maybe you can find someone else who can install a two-day offense, but I'm not sure we want that. So you're still going to have problems. You're still going to have to fix the discipline issue. You're still going to have to fix the culture, and that takes time. Dante's not going to be able to do that before Saturday, but I think the kids are going to play hard. 
And they're a lot more talented than Washington State. So they probably go up and thump them, is my guess. Eric, are they going to thump them? You know, I, I don't know. I, I'm with Mark in that, in, in saying I don't have a great read on this team. I don't think this team has a great read on itself. And what, when you hear coaches saying, and, and Clay Elton said specifically, I thought this was our best week in practice. I don't know what happened. And you hear players say the same thing. We're not, we're not taking what happens in practice and putting it on the field on Saturdays. And, and that shouldn't, shouldn't be the case. Um, you're, you're hearing a lot of that, the disconnect between this is what we think we're doing. And then these are the results we're getting. I don't know how you just flip a switch and, and do that. This was an off season where they finally got, you know, a spring ball with, with the entire staff. They got their summer conditioning, their PRPs, their, their full fall camp. I really thought coming into this, okay, that would be a, a big deal for a team that didn't get any of that the previous season. And that would see, you know, that time spent together would give them a real understanding of kind of who they were as a program and, and going forward. It hasn't been the case when it, when it's come to game time. So the idea that, Oh yeah, I know who the, I know what this team is. I know what they're capable of that. That's a little bit out the window. I do think what Chris is saying in terms of just, you know, Drake Jackson kind of said it out after the game, we tune out the booing and we don't want to hear it. No, nobody wants to come to USC to play and stand on the sideline and hear that. It, it, it wears on you. I understand you, you try to cancel out the noise. You don't read the media. You don't do any of that stuff. You hear it. You hear it when you're in the stadium and when you're playing. The fact that maybe you can get rid of a little bit of that, that feeling and, and have that maybe you know fresh breath. Uh, I, I do hope that that kind of kickstarts them and, and gets them moving uh, a little bit. Again, like what Chris said, if, if you couldn't fix it in that full off season and find your answers and hit the ground running, boy, a, a handful of days, you know, between Stanford and Washington State, uh, that, that's a tough time to, to find all your answers. But if it comes down to which team's the most athletic, who goes out and, and makes plays, my hope is that, yeah, th this kind of gives them a feeling of, of freedom playing with a little bit of house money and and they go out and, and absolutely get it because yeah, the, the players deserve that after dealing with, with everything they've dealt with and kind of all the stuff going on where they have to answer a lot of the questions for what's going on with the coaches and the program and all that kind of stuff. They, they deserve a, a game where they can, you know, get out of, of whatever that Coliseum atmosphere was, you know, last Saturday, uh, go to a, a much smaller stadium against Washington state and, and try to put together a good four quarters of football. Well, okay, so here's my take on it, guys. Um, first of all, from a strictly the, the football end of it, uh, surprisingly or not surprisingly, depending on your betting service, uh, SC is anywhere between an eight-and-a-half-point favorite uh, to maybe 10, which I think is really low, but that's not even including yet the, uh, the fallout from the Helton firing. I think the kids will play for Dante Williams. And they will play emotionally for Dante Williams. I think they played and listened to Helton. I don't know whether they were emotionally invested in playing for Helton. And those of us that did play, I think we all understand what that means. Yes, coach. Sure, coach. Let's all uh, team on three. Okay. You do it. You just do it. You, but sometimes you do it because when you really care. Uh, I think Washington State um, uh, has its own issues. I think they have a decent quarterback. 
Uh, I don't know how many of you have been to Pullman, Washington to see a game, but I love it. Everyone says it's a horrible journey. It's a tough trip. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I love driving from Spokane to Pullman. Uh, Martin Stadium's like a little junior college stadium. You're right there and you, know, you can see everything. It's intimate. Now, it is calling for morning rain. Whether morning rain lasts till 1230 kickoff, I don't know. And then they said it would be cloudy. So, uh, you know, that's part of when you go to Pullman, Washington. You never know what you're going to get. But I know Pullman, Washington in September is a hell of a lot better than Pullman, Washington in November. That I, that I can tell you. I've, I've been on both ends of that spectrum. You know, I, I do want to touch on the fact that SC offense is a great concern to me. Uh, I don't know Dante Williams' view on what he thinks of the air raid offense. But I will tell you that uh, I, I think it's a real difficult thing. You can't change the offense. Uh, Dante could say, I want the ball run more. He could do that. Uh, uh, you know, uh, he could say, uh, let's not run that passing play. I, I don't expect that Dante is going to be the head coach when it's all said and done. But I think he can get his feet wet and make a big impact on this team with decisions that he makes. And I'm sure from Dante's perspective, he goes, I may be, you know, the long shot here, but I got about, uh, you know, 10 games to prove it and a game at Notre Dame and it's a game with Utah. And if we can really, uh, you know, do something here, uh, I could come out of nowhere and at least, uh, you know, be a, a fly in an, in an eyelash. Okay. And, and you don't know. So he's got some motivation for himself. Um I suspect that SD is going to take it to Washington State if they do it early. Okay, if they do it early. Uh, if they don't do it early, uh, you know, I, you never know when you when you go to these places. And I agree with Mark Culkin that, you know, winning on the road. But if I, I tell you right now, if I had to play a game after what's just transpired, if you said pick a pick a place to go, boy, it, I, in two seconds, I'd say Pullman, Washington. Because I don't think Pullman, Washington is nearly as fanatical as, as Oregon State can be, having been to all the Pac-12 stadiums. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens with Washington State. They start off very poorly, basically. I don't know how much their fans are really going to be into it. I think SC will be into it. And uh, I think SC could take it to them. So with that in mind, it's time to go into overtime and and get some picks from you guys. Uh Try to limit it here and just uh, basically say who you want to win. You want to give a brief second on it? Fine. All right. I'm going to start off with Minnesota at Colorado. I'm going with Minnesota. I don't think Colorado's offense is all that strong, and I like P.J. Fleck. Uh, okay, Mark? I'm going with Colorado. I, I like the defense they showed. Um, Minnesota without Ibrahim, I, I think they become a little bit more pedestrian. Chris? I'm going to go Colorado in a close one. Uh, tough place to play, and um, and and I agree. I, I liked what I saw in the trenches uh, from the Buffs. Eric? Yeah, I like Colorado, too. Although, P.J. Flick, go ahead and throw his name on, on that, you know, preliminary USC hot board. That, that's a guy that, that could probably draw attention, to. Row the boat, baby. Row the boat. Uh, okay, uh, Eric, why don't you continue here? Uh, Idaho at Oregon State. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, Oregon State, 
I again, I, I think that Jonathan Smith, Oregon State, you know, matchup coach to program is is an interesting one. And uh, Oregon State's coming to coming to the Coliseum in a little bit. Um, you know, you obviously you like the Washington State, Oregon State years more than the Oregon uh, Washington years, but uh, that that could be interesting. Chris. Oregon. The last time I saw Idaho play was when uh, they, they came to the Coliseum during Pete's tenure. Um, it, Oregon State should win. If they don't, then uh, that's a problem. I'm uh, taking Oregon State and we move on. Uh, a big one, a really big one. Cal State University, Sacramento at Cal. Uh, how do you feel about that one, Mr. Colkin? Uh, Cal, as long as they learn how to kick extra points at the right time of the game. <laughs> Jeez, <boy>. Eric. <laughs> Eric. Yeah, I mean, I, Cal should just has to go for two from any spot on the field at, at this point. And, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Cal, Cal's going to win that one. Chris? I didn't know Cal State Sacramento had a football team, so I think I'll go Cal. Uh, I'm going to go Cal because half the people in the country don't know what CSUS means. They think it's probably something from the Postal Service. Uh, okay, Arkansas State at Washington, Chris? <laughs> Look, I mean, ordinarily, ordinarily, I'd be laughing because I wouldn't even pick the game. But that may be the worst Washington team I've ever seen. Agree. Do, do they win the game? They probably do, but they probably have to win it six to three. I'll go six three Washington. That sounds about right, Eric. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to say Washington State. I mean, sorry, Arkansas State, because I mean, what you know, what's the fun in picking Washington in there? D Jimmy Lake has got to figure that out. I, you know, that there are. I, I can't imagine Washington fans saw this coming uh, when they were looking at this season. That that is not a good program right now. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm wondering if Jimmy takes the boat to the stadium, or if he's you know driving to the stadium right now. Because, man, talk about bad i'm going arky state wow kudos to you for for pulling that one out uh you know it's sad to say that uh probably the worst thing that happened to jimmy lake was that uh, clay helton got fired because now all the attention will turn to uh the space needle and uh mount rainier and uh jimmy lake and like okay you're next take a seat but I'll take Washington. I, and if Washington is this bad, they deserve to lose to Arkansas State, I guess. Uh, Mark, how about Utah at San Diego State? So I didn't see either of their games, but I understand that Utah lost to BYU and San Diego State beat Arizona. So common sense says San Diego State. All right. Eric, is that common sense? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I was a little bit surprised that Utah kind of looked like that. I, I thought, you know, Utah has lived in the transfer portal so much. And so maybe some of that, you know, non-continuity with, with some of the players that they rely on is, is catching up to them a little bit. But uh, San Diego State's one of those programs that kind of, they, they know who they are. They know what they want to do. Um, I, I think Utah's going to get tested. Chris. Yeah, tough game. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Utah. I think Utah is still well coached. I think they'll figure it out, and uh, and I think they win a title. Uh, San Diego State's a good team. Uh, BYU is a good team, by the way. Uh, Utah. It didn't shock me that they they lost it at BYU. Uh, I have kind of conflicted thoughts about this one. I'm going to take Utah because it's the Pac-12. 
But since the game isn't being played uh, at Rice Eccles Stadium, uh, I, I suppose it's a possibility that San Diego State could really get up for this one. They got a lot to gain and nothing to lose. So I'm still going to go with Utah, but it's a shaky Utah. Now, here's one you've all been waiting for, of course, uh, and take a great deal of thought. Stony Brook at Oregon. Eric, uh, I think you're the best man to start this one off with. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Oregon probably in that one. Although I do think that we should keep throwing Mario Cristobal's name out as a potential USC head coach, both because, you know, I, like I said, you know, there, there have been sort of whispers going back a little bit of, of hey, potentially, but also just to make him keep answering questions and potentially throw off any kind of rhythm that program has and, and just kind of put it in, in general disarray with, with you know, lobbing that stuff at, at the Ducks. Mark? Yeah, um, I don't know why we're even talking about this game, but, uh, <laughs> you know, Mario Cristobal should be sending a huge thank you note and maybe part of his bonus to Ohio State's defensive coordinator because he literally handed him the biggest win on a platter. You give Oregon the credit for going out there and getting the win, but, yeah, Stony Brook, this just isn't your week. Is it not they're going to be their week, Chris? Uh, it's hard to imagine that it will be their week, but I think actually Cristobal should be sending his money to Pat Hayden and Lynn Swan because you cannot succeed at Oregon unless USC completely and utterly self-destructs, and we did. But we're coming for those guys now, and I can't wait till it happens. I hate them so much. Go Stony Brook. Wow. <laughs> I, I Okay. I'm just going to say Oregon. We'll leave it at that. I think it's a waste of time. Uh, Stanford at Vanderbilt is kind of intriguing with this Stanford team. What are we going to get from the Cardinal? Chris, what do you think? Stanford's going to be all right. I, I don't, uh, I think the, the young quarterback is going to continue to get better. I think they're going to play with some confidence and look, Vanderbilt's a mess. Stanford wins that game by two touchdowns. All right. What do you think there, um, Eric? I mean, it would be kind of the most USC thing of the last little bit if if Stanford just got blown out by Vanderbilt. But no, I, I think Stanford will be fine. I don't. I don't think Vanderbilt's very good. Uh, that that's a Stanford win. Mark, yeah, Stanford will win. Um, it's the battle of the IQ. So we'll go. Stanford. Well, I um, I don't like teams whose last names are Commodores. I think that's who they are, right? Aren't they the Commodores? Yeah. Uh, so. Just based on that, I have to go with Stanford. Uh, I think Stanford's in a unique situation. I think this is really going to say what they're all about. Uh, did they play the game of the year against USC? I don't know. Uh, but I will say this. It'll be a good test for Stanford on the road uh, heading back there. All right. Uh, here's another uh, winner. Uh, Northern Arizona at Arizona. Uh, what do you think about that one, Chris? I think Northern Arizona will win. I don't think Arizona can beat anybody. Eric, can they beat anybody? No, I, I will not pick Arizona until they actually beat someone. So nor, Northern Arizona, who, what, you know, Western Arizona, East, whatever it was, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and pick against Arizona uh, at this point. Okay, Mark, what say ye? Yeah, I'm going to give Arizona the benefit of the doubt that they get over the hump this, this weekend. Wow. They'll beat, the, they'll beat the Lumberjacks. What a nice guy. Well, I'll tell you what, I think my dream matchup would have been Stony Brook at Arizona uh, or a bowl game of such, but that's not going to happen. 
Uh, I don't think it, uh, whether it's Northern Arizona, Southern Arizona, Eastern Arizona, or Western Arizona, I'm going to go with Arizona. I think that, you know, you can only dumb down the schedule to the point where you got to beat somebody. And I think that somebody is, is uh, Northern Arizona. Here's a good matchup. Here's a good one. ASU at BYU. What do you think, Eric? You know, if, if that was at Arizona State, I, I think I'd go with them pretty quickly. Um, I, I still think – I think Arizona State. I, I think uh, it, they haven't seemed to let all the offseason stuff affect them at, at this point. And so, yeah, I think I think they go get the win. Mark? BYU. All right. Chris? I'm going BYU too. Uh, tough place to play. Pretty good football team. I'm not convinced that ASU has their heads in the right place. And I'm going to pick uh, BYU as well because I don't think ASU has their heads in the right place because I think some of their heads are thinking of the NCAA and some of the other stuff that's going around. Uh, and I also think BYU, they lost Zach Wilson to the NFL. Uh, I think that uh, they've had now three, they'll be in their third game. So they'll be adjusting to whatever changes had to be made there. So I'm going with the guys from Provo. Uh Last two games we're going to pick. Uh, I think this is an intriguing one. Uh, Fresno State, CLA. Uh, what do you think, uh, Chris, on that one? Boy, I, I think, I mean, I think UCLA will win the game, but I'm going to pick Fresno State because it would be so sweet if Fresno State took down the Bruins right when they started to think they're good. Bulldogs. Well done. Well done. All right. Mark, you're nodding your head. I have to go to you when you're nodding your head. I don't. I have nothing to add to that because Chris literally took the words out of my mouth and spit them at the screen. Good so job. You are taking Fresno. Taking Fresno. Okay. Eric, hat trick? Yeah. I mean, it's still the Pac-12. That, that, that loss is the most scripted Pac-12 loss that, that there is on this schedule at this point. The Fresno State beats UCLA. I just – you have to expect that from the conference. Well, guy, I hate to be the contrarian. I'm, I'm going to pick UCLA. Uh, although I've said it before a couple of uh, shows ago, this Fresno State team is tough. They came, they come to play. Anybody who goes into the Rose Bowl is going to be excited to play. Uh, but I do think UCLA really believes that it's pretty good. I don't know how good LSU was. Uh, I was on a show earlier today uh, with a radio station out of the Southeast Conference. And they're already talking about uh, Ed Ogeron getting canned. So that should tell you something about whether LSU is all that good that they're already talking about the O uh, getting the ax. But I'm going to go with UCLA. I like the way they play. I like the way they're balanced. They know what they, they have a philosophy and they're doing it. So for all of you Bruin haters out there, I'm sorry, but I'm still going to have to pick, uh, pick the Bruins, which takes us to the final game, of course. USC at Washington State. Uh, so I'm going to go with the eternal optimist to lead us off here. Uh, Mark Culkin, what do you think? Oh, I think USC is going to win again. I, it's a man you touched on it. Can we've all touched on it. Uh, can Dante and the staff you guys focus enough to go up there, be businesslike, get the job done and come home and just continue to get better each and every practice. USC's got more talent than Washington State. They always have. They always will. Um, it's a matter of can the offense just do their part so the defense doesn't have to feel they have to do more than their fair share. I think USC comes home with a 20-point win. Don't ask for a score, but a 20-point win. 
Okay, fair enough. Chris? Trojan's big. Uh, Washington State isn't very good. USC is going to circle the wagons. They're going to play hard, uh, and they're going to take it to them. Eric? Yeah, I'm, I'm with that. I mean, I can't believe Mark predicted a 100 to 80 USC win there. That's uh, that's going out on a limb. But uh, no, I, I, I think uh, I, I think USC that, you know, I, I do. You know, you, Mark talked about earlier tough kind of going on the road as a new coach doing that. And I understand that. But but I think a little bit of a jolt to the system and, and getting out and, and doing that and, and kind of a new routine also might be good for, for the guys and, and for the team too. So yeah, I, I could see them rallying and I, you know, I don't know if Keaton is, is throwing four first quarter touchdowns to one receiver again, uh, like, like last year, but uh, I think SC gets it done against Washington state. Yeah. I can't think of a better place than this. Take a deep breath in the Palouse country, smell that clean air, that fresh, crisp autumn feeling there. Uh, I'm going to take USC. I think if SC gets off early, uh, they will have no problem administering pain to the Cougars. And I think it'll, I think Dante Williams will be more than happy to pour it on. Uh, so I'm taking the Trojans, uh, knock on wood, uh, in a route. Uh, and hopefully, uh, it's the beginning of really good things uh, from here on out for the Trojans. So, all right. I want to thank the panel. Uh, I want to remind uh, our, our listeners that USC travels to Washington State this weekend in the Palouse country, as they like to call it. Kickoff is at 12.30 p.m. The game will be televised on Fox. And next Tuesday, we'll review the Washington State game, uh, preview the Oregon State game, and certainly a topic that will probably be with us for a number of weeks, uh, the USC coaching situation. It should be uh, very intriguing, to say the least. So, until next Tuesday, again, thank you to the panel. A, a special thank you to Jake Evans for helping produce the show. And thank all of you for watching. And until we speak again next Tuesday, fight on, everybody. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.